It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It was the big one, wasn't it? It was the one that we'd been uh, we'd been forecasting was going to be make or break. It was a must win for the Crusaders, and they got it won with the help of Willie Hines' sneaky little hand. <laughs> yeah, again, again, <laughs> again. He's making he's making that a bit of a habit, actually. Yeah. Uh, good evening to you, and good every evening to everybody joining us uh, on in the red. Um, yeah, look, I, I think it's quite clear that uh, no doubt um, this, this was a blockbuster game, and without doubt, it delivered uh, in, in all departments: uh, intensity, uh, drama, uh, tempo, skill level. Um, you know, we had matchups, we had All Blacks uh, playing. You know, across both sides, and yeah, what, what a what an absolute great advocate for Super Rugby Pacific, and and a belter of a game to boot. What what have you made of? Uh, there's been, a, I, I guess, probably mainly from JK on on the breakdown, but there's been been, been a, a bit of uh, bit of muttering about some of the uh, the Crusaders uh, infringing in the red zone a little bit. Um, I guess you just doing what you got to do to win, right? But they, they have copped a bit of criticism for it. Well, every every side uh, will do um, when you're on the on the winning side of the ledger, and and it is a big a big game. Uh, there's there's always some form of controversy involved in it, and yeah, certainly uh, you know good sides uh, if if they are infringing and, and allegedly infringing, I will use use that terminology, uh, and they're good enough to get away with it, uh, and it's not seen to be infringing by the referee or any of the four officials, in fact. Then you'd have to question a whether or not it was uh, is completely um, illegal, uh, and b they obviously did get penalised, but it wasn't deemed to be cynical enough for for anything further. So you know you you can't actually put the blame on the Crusaders for that. Um, they're just doing what they can and what they have to do to win the game. So if they're getting away with pushing that envelope, look at the end of the day, you know how many times when the Crusaders won big matches did. Nearly everybody else outside of the Crusaders franchise uh, in the rest of the country come out and say how much Richie McCaw cheated in the game. <laughs> but but then, it, then he would go and put an all-black jersey on and fulfil the same role and nobody would moan. And then everybody would stick up for him saying, hey, he's just doing his job. Oh, so, he, obviously, he obviously never did it when he was wearing a black jersey, Justin. That's obviously the answer. <laughs> absolutely. So, look, I, I think that's clutching a little bit to, to start looking at those little um, micro elements of the game, when you say, oh, it wasn't good enough and this is what cost the Blues the game, I think there are other areas of the game that the Crusaders just did better. Uh, and um, they certainly had, uh, once again, they had a very good game plan, uh, that, that like they did in the final, to go up there under pressure against a side that had been playing well and, um, and get, get the result. And it didn't come without working hard. Certainly didn't. Uh, one of the places we thought that the Crusaders might struggle a bit because both sides were a bit light uh, on personnel, had a few out, uh, was in the midfield. Obviously no good Hugh, um, no Havili either, but uh, this Kim mm. McLeod goes all right, doesn't he? Yep, yeah, certainly does. And I guess probably when, when we think back a week, Ricardo, you were asking me 
what my thoughts were and I, I felt that they they were really lacking some punch in that zone and that, that they should uh, shift Leicester Fyang and Nuku uh, maybe into that position just to give them that point of difference, a yeah. uh, point of difference that I, think, I thought had been lacking um, in their attack. But I guess you, you sort of flip that on its head and you bring uh, a guy like Richie Moonga back into the mix. Uh, and, and not only Richie Moonga back into the mix, but Richie Moonga back into the mix when he, he, he's really just keen to play and keen to get on with taking control of the game. And then all of a sudden, those deficiencies don't look as bad. And um, you can play Leicester flying a nuku on the wing and he'll get a brace of tries and the midfield will operate and function well uh, because they get, they're getting the right communication, they're playing in the right areas of the field. Uh, there's ambition to play even inside your own, even inside your own 22. Um, you know when they they have a breakout try with a crossfield kick. So, yeah, I, I certainly feel that um, Scott Robertson, his coaching crew, um, his his leadership group, they just got everything that they needed to get pinpoint. And and, and look, mate, they didn't exactly have a, a, a bit of a free reign at things, did they? They suffered heaps of adversity in that game, down to 13 at one stage. Well, yeah, 100%. 100% correct, mate. I mean, it, it was a really good test of a few players. Uh, one of those, I know this is a Crusader show, but I wanted to get your take, and I know we've got Daryl Gibson coming on later, and we're going to ask him too, but uh, your take on Tuivasa-Shek versus McLeod, because um, they, they they benched Tuivasa-Shek pretty early, the Blues, considering how tight the game was, I thought. Yeah, look, uh, one of those uh, big, big games, um, you're always going to be... I guess under the spotlight more more intently than than most regular round robin games because you know this is obviously a, a snap on um, from the final and and again big crowd big environment uh, look I, I don't certainly feel sometimes substitutions are basically revolving around the player himself playing poorly uh, they're, they're all about maybe the the opposition doing something that is is really challenging. Uh, defensively, or the the attack hasn't quite got the right synergy that you thought it would because the opposition have done their homework. Um, so yeah, look, I, you're, you're right. He did get benched, um, but again, he's been playing pretty well. Uh, so look, there, there could be uh, interior motives to that uh, injury or something else that Liam McDonald has seen. Um, I'm a very, as you can tell, very remiss just to go out there and say not good enough, not up to it, um, got found out because I've just been seeing too much recently that that is is a massive improvement from from where he's been, um, RTS. So I'm, I'm loath to go and say that uh, he, he's not capable at that level, which means he's not capable at test level either at this point in time. Mm. Uh, I mean, you mentioned Fanganoku. He scored three tries. Uh you know, he he. At the, I know we're a long way from all black all black time, but man, there's a there's a decision to be made there. Caleb Clark, Lester Fanganuku, man, that's that's going to be a tough decision. Yeah, it is, and obviously I missed one of those tries. I just did a brace, didn't I? So <laughs> <laughs> when when a guy's playing a game like that, you know, you're you're thinking to yourself, righto, um, how how do we get him to perform like that and and a black shirt, you know, mm. what? why haven't we been able to see that type of player able to expose defence, um, operate in space, uh, score tries when he switches environments? Because let's face it, he had an absolutely outstanding last year, whether he was playing centre or a wing for the Crusaders, and 
just struggled a little bit in that all, all black environment. But he's not the only one. Uh, and, you know, you do wonder why, in particular, quite a few of the, the guys that do struggle in that all black environment of Crusaders, you know, like, I, I think um, it wasn't last year, possibly the year before, but Cody Taylor, he just was absolutely on fire playing for the Crusaders, but went into the All Blacks environment and really struggled and then ultimately didn't get selected. Mm. Um, and, and there's a few of them, you know, I don't think Mwanga has really found his mojo within the All Blacks. Uh, he, he hasn't really, he's played well, don't get me wrong, and, and deserves uh, his starts that he gets, but we probably don't see him playing with the freedom and, and the confidence that he does with the Crusaders. Uh, so you, you just wonder whether or not there's something there that the likes of Whanganuku, who you mentioned, um, you know, gets gets this license or has this game plan that he functions in that brings out the best of him. Um, you certainly feel that that happens with the Crusaders because he's had three sensational years with them. So in, in answer to your question, and, and unlocking, you know, that, that competitiveness between him and Caleb Clark for a wing spot or whatever it might be. It, it's like the All Blacks creating that environment for him to be able to, to push push to those levels. It's almost like you're suggesting that the coaching might be an issue, Justin. But we'll leave that, I'll, I'll leave oh, that there. Oh, well, no, not necessarily Ricardo. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you can kind of sort of read into the fact that I've, I've, I've quite clearly um, said that I feel that you know, the All Blacks do need to change um, mm. the way that they are playing. You know, their, their directness is becoming predictable at times. Uh, and I don't feel that some of the real uh, strike players we've got in the game are, are not enabling themselves to be under that particular game plan that the All Blacks seem hell-bent on playing, are functioning as well as what they could. So read all of what I just said about Leicester and Co and Mwanga and, and that and Cody Taylor into that comment as well and 